Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera editing and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hey, Cowgirls with Cameras, it's Kim with Kim Beer Photography. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. And welcome to Cowgirls with Cameras, episode number six. I can't believe we're already on episode number six. That's amazing. I feel like we've been doing it so much longer. I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw it was only episode number six, I was a little shocked. Well, then. I feel like I see you and talk to you guys so often that we should have recorded at least 20 of these by now. I feel like I'm still a newbie to this. So I could have sworn we were only on episode three myself. So look at us. All right. So today's episode is all about models. So models are very important to your photography business, even if you don't do high fashion shoots. I know that when I think of models, a lot of times I think of models going down the runway. And I'll admit, I have a secret obsession with that that probably not too many people know about. But I love high fashion photography. And I actually adore watching it. And if I ever get opportunities to shoot fashion shoots, I take them. And oddly enough, that's come across a couple of times in my career. Now, mind you, they're not Hollywood style, but they are local to Kansas City. And I adored every single one of them. It's a little weirdness of mine. It's not something I want to do as a career, however. Kim, I just have to let you know that I totally get what you just said because I was obsessed with watching that show oh, Top Models because I thought it was cool to see how they did the styling and the photo shoots and everything. So I totally get you. I loved it. I've loved watching those shows. I loved participating in the stuff that I've done in Kansas City. It's been a blast. I like high fashion. I'm, I'm weird. Okay. And Phyllis is weird right with me. Kara's looking at us like, yeah, I have no interest in any of that. You two are bizarre. No, you guys just triggered. I was thinking last year there was a photography, it was like a reality show on TV. Do you guys remember what that was called? But it was where photographers, they competed, they would be given like a topic, like perspective. And then they had to yes. take a, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. So they did high fashion mm -hmm. and they did yep. different topics each week. And I was trying to figure out what it was called because it was such a good, was it master of photography? photography no anyway it was such a good show and I was hoping that they would bring it back again so I think it was on Netflix or something like that I'll find that I'll find the title and I'll give it to folks because I really liked it and it was kind of inspiring like there were a couple topics that they did and I was like I want to go out and shoot that yeah you can always learn something from those things too even though you may not think it's in the genre you do I think there's always something to pick up from them absolutely I agree with absolutely. that 100 percent but for our western lifestyle photographers and equine photographers that are listening to this show you may think well that's out of my wheelhouse why do I need to even think about models but the truth is is models are really key in so many aspects of your business they're key in building your portfolio, which we just did an episode on. And if you haven't listened to that, go back and, and take a listen because it's got some great information about how to build your portfolio. They're also important to shooting commercial imagery or building your stock catalog, as well as a myriad of other things that come up in your business. And working with models is something that you need to have 
in your toolbox. So in this episode, we're going to break down some great information on how to work with models, tips, tricks, do's and don'ts as we go along through the episode. So hang in there with us and we will get right to that subject after we have a quick news update as what's been going on with everybody. I am still focusing primarily on my health. I haven't been doing a lot of shooting, although I did have a dream last night where I did a lot of shooting. So (laughs) apparently it's coming back around in my head. (laughs) You're doing dream photography shoots I am. I am. And it- You must need to get out with your camera. I do. I I do. And it was at a horse show. So it was at a, it was actually at a Cowgirls with Cameras event. So I am uh, looking forward to getting out and I have some new horses out in my herd that are all slicked off and beautiful right now. And I really have been itchy to get out there. And as soon as I'm back on my feet and feeling better, I'm, I'm going to head out the door to do that. I've also started working on my next card deck, which is a art projects that I do. And so my shooting at home is real important because it's going to feature the horses that are in my herd. So I'm super excited about that. What have you guys been up to? Kim, can I just interject one thing right here? I think you also left out something else that was exciting for you. I think you did your first official Gestalt session, didn't you? Like recently? I did my first official VIP day. It wasn't my first official Gestalt session, but it okay, was my VIP day. first day where I brought somebody here to the ranch and we spent all day doing gestalt. Now I had a blast. I think she had a lot of fun too. And it was amazing because it was seven hours of a deep dive into helping her find her power and her voice and her adventure and sort some stuff out. And it was amazing. And uh, I had two horses that came into the pen and just showed up big time for my client. And it was amazing to watch the trans transformation from the start of the day to the end of the day with this particular client. And um, she texted me afterward and told me how wonderful it was that she was able to spend that time with the horses. And it had opened up several doors for her already. So super excited about being able to offer more of those VIP days. Thank you, Phyllis, for reminding me about that. That's cool. So Kara, what have you been up to? I have been putting the finishing touches on my equestrian senior sessions. I have three more this week and then they are all done for the season. I'll start back up with those in the fall. So just, I've got a shoot tonight, a couple more shoots this week, and then we are headed out for a little family getaway. We're doing a cruise to kick off the end of my son's school, and it's a family trip with uh, my husband's family we've been planning for a long time. So in anticipation of that, I've been trying to get things wrapped up around here, doing some batching, you know, getting my social media posts kind of scheduled, and we've been recording like crazy for the Business Animal Podcast and, and that sort of thing, getting it all squared away. I've also have been mentoring a lot over the last few weeks with different photographers who are interested in doing in-person sales as horse photographers. So we've been doing some real targeted mentoring sessions around that. It has been really fun for me and it's been a good way for me to like reassess my process again and kind of do the things I've been saying I'm going to do for the last several weeks with getting some of that stuff just kind of updated and finessed because now I have like a real reason I've got to get it done. So it has been awesome. So it's been busy just mostly this week I'll be getting things off my to-do list so that I'm ready to go enjoy the buffet lines I guess on a cruise. I'm not a big cruiser. I'm doing this for the family. So (laughs) I'm going to go enjoy the buffet lines and um, get ready for summer break. What about you Phyllis? I mean you've been traveling like normal. (laughs) I've been traveling. Yes. (laughs) I just got home from Montana. I had the great pleasure to go out to, I was approved as a photographer for the world famous Mile City Buck and Horse Sale in uh, Mile City, Montana. And I got to do that with my friend Cheyenne Glade Wilson. So we had a a blast. That was always a bucket list thing for me to get to go photograph some really good bronc horses. So I got to do that. We spent the weekend there in Mile City and then drove back to her place, uh, her ranch in Montana, just to check on things before we drove to South Dakota after that to, to shoot their branding. They had a, they, I think they did about 250 head and about three hours, which is, I've never seen it go that fast. <laughs> um, they had a lot of really good cowboys there that knew their stuff and they got it, the branding done and record time. And, um, of course, Cheyenne does all the cooking for the, for the branding crew. And we enjoyed a really nice lunch and headed back and spent 
another day driving back to Montana to her place where they, they do raise half draft horses. Drove back to her place in Montana for me to fly out on that Saturday from Billings back home to Georgia. And of course, she texted me on my way home and said she'd had of course, the day I left, she had a new baby born, and then the Aww. next day had another foal born. So they waited till oh, I left to start dropping. So yeah, yeah I hated that. They were camera shy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that was a great trip, and I really enjoyed it. I just got home Sunday, and so got a lot going on today or this week. I got some mentorships to do this week, and then I leave for Iceland next week for my equine photo tour. That's pretty much it for me. I guess that's enough. (laughs) I'm starting to get concerned that your dog isn't going to recognize you when you come home. She was a little, like, when they brought her home, (laughs) so she was already here in the house when I got home. And Uh um, she kind of looked at me like, I'd rather just go out to the bathroom. I don't think I really want to see who you are. So I was a little disappointed that she wasn't more excited to see me. Well, you better give her lots of loving before you jet set again so she remembers you when you come back from Iceland because that's a big trip. I know. Yeah, I'll be in Iceland for two weeks. I'm spending a week with my equine photo tour at the Scalicott Farm. And then I've got Suzanne, a friend of mine, and then one of the gals that's on the Uh, tour with me. We're staying for another week and and doing the whole island, which this will be my ninth trip to Iceland. I have never even done the northern end of the island before. So this is exciting. We're going to spend a couple of days at Grimsey Island to shoot the puffins. And um, I think we're going to have a great time. I love puffins. I want to go shoot the puffins. Me too. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun. Let's dress them up in high fashion and send them down a walkway. They already have their high fashion. <laughs> they, you know they call puffins the clowns of the sea. Yes. I have not heard that. That is funny. Yeah, they call them the clowns of the sea. Yep. All right. So on to our models. So it, I, hopefully you're not just working with puffins. You're working with humans. And um, hopefully there are not too many clowns in your model bailiwick unless you are shooting uh, clown photos. So let's talk first about how models show up in each of our businesses. So in my business, I do primarily commercial photography. And most of the time, my models are are actually amateurs that usually are the people who own the product that I'm shooting or the business that I'm shooting. And I have to be very careful about how I direct them. But I also work with professional models or models that are professional horsemen, but are being my models for the commercial shoot so that I can get pictures of them working with whatever product it is that I need to shoot for ads or marketing materials. And then the other way that models show up for me is in our workshops and our photography experiences where we have models that come and pose for our participants in those programs. And those are the models. I I think that the mass majority of models that I work with in my business are in that particular category, which are the same models that Phyllis and Kara work with when we're on those photography experiences. So yeah, that's how models show up in my business. What about you, Kara? Well, it's funny because most of the time, at least for me, we're not working with what you would necessarily consider professional models. We're working with the average equestrian that has the horse that we need to photograph. It's funny because as you were talking about the models that we use, like the riders that we photograph at our events, at this point, at some of those events, we've got them so well trained that they probably are professional equestrian models <laughs> in our books. Yes. But the truth of it is, is that as horse people and as photographers working with horse people, we're not out there shooting a Vogue catalog where we're hiring a professional model and then making her stand next to a horse where the bridle's on wrong, right? Like we're hiring people that are actual equestrians and they are working with their horses or, you know, horses that were also brought in for the shoot. So for me, me in particular, I use models for a couple different things. I um, photograph for a couple of equestrian companies that have horse tech and clothing and that sort of thing. So I have to go out and actively seek out local horse people that are interested in using the product, being photographed with the product, that sort of thing. So I'm doing that on a regular basis. I also use models for personal concept shoots. So when I want to try something new, test something out, you know, and I want to get, I want to be able to do that without feeling like 
I need to perform for the client. So hiring a model for that purpose takes away the stress of also having to produce something for the client. If I'm testing out a concept or I'm trying, you know, just trying something new, trying a new location, it could be any of those things, you know, trying some new gear. I would bring in a model for that. And then I'm also working with models right now. I'm working on a digital product that hopefully will be out by the end of the year. And I'm working with a couple different models for that purpose as well right now. So I use models pretty regularly every month at a minimum, sometimes twice, two or three times a month. So at a minimum, though, I'm working with models on a monthly basis, at least. What about you, Phyllis? Well, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I think you both covered it either through commercial shoots. I use the term model loosely because most of the time they're just friends that that are coming to shoot for us. But a lot of these friends that have been models for me personally have done it so much that they are like pro models. They know how to do it so well. You don't have to know what you expect, right? They, you almost don't even have to direct them. They move from one pose to the other. So seamlessly, it's, it's really, really beautiful to watch. Actually, the only other thing I do add that I use models for is for my mentorships. We'll usually do a setup shoot for a mentorship. Uh, if, If I'm doing for another photographer, I will use models for that because it is nice to have somebody that kind of knows what they're doing, but also could lay back and let the client do the instructing or the posing for them as well or you know, directing, I mean, you know, I think y'all pretty much covered what we all use models for. I would just add that for me, I'm talking about human models, but I'm also talking about horse models. So I need both of those in my business as I know you guys do as well. So a lot of times when we're thinking about, you know, like who we're going to use for a particular shoot, we're keeping both of those things in mind. And I have definitely worked with horses that I really wanted to photograph for one project or another. And the human model comes with that horse. So, you know, working with that human model and and providing direction and that sort of thing can be kind of a challenge. I would say it's like 50-50. You know, I've got uh, models, human models that I've worked with, you know, over and over again that kind of, like Phyllis said, learn what you expect and they kind of set themselves up and they kind of know what you're going to ask next because you've worked with them before. But then you've got people that you haven't worked with as much that need a lot more guidance. And that's, I think, something we're constantly working on. We are going to talk about directing models, which will be good for that. Yes, we are. And I just want to state for the world out there that Kara and Phyllis and I will also provide a service. If you happen to come across this episode and you are one of the high fashion photographers or you're a photographer that's wanting to direct a shoot that has a horse in it, please hire a consultant. And any of the three of us or all three of us would be happy to help you to be able to get the appropriate tack on to help you be able to put the uh, model in a position where she doesn't look like she's going to die next to the horse and (laughs) and all kinds of things. I was just going to say and to make sure the horse looks the best because as we all know we've seen lots of high fashion shoots where the horse looks like he has a jug head and he's emaciated because of the wrong millimeter lens focal length they're using and just you know well we we've all been there so equestrians are a huge part we're a huge population in this world and uh, believe me we notice those inconsistencies in your photos so if you happen to be one of those photography directors that's happened across this podcast <laughs> please know you can reach out to us and we will be happy to help so next we we want to talk about licenses and contracts because in addition to this is probably one of the most important aspects of working with a model especially if you are going to be using those images for your portfolio or for stock or in my case for commercial so for commercial releases are really important it's important to have both a model release and a property release which covers the horse and the location so that those images can be used in marketing and advertising because that's endorsement of a product per se. And uh, it's very important to have a good, clear model release that you can get. Where do you get your model releases, Kara? So for me with commercial photography, if it's a concept shoot and something that I'm working on, I'll be pretty casual about it. I always do model releases. I always do property releases and my property releases include location and the animal that's being photographed. I did recently invest in the big commercial photography bundle through Image Crafters and I really, really like it. They have some great resources that are included in there. 
there, including contracts that you can use for different things. And I think if you're going to be doing anything with a company, anything where, you know, you're getting paid for it, that you really do need to have something official in place that talks about how the images are going to be used, what the expectations are. But this bundle, I'm just throwing it out there because I have gotten a lot out of it. It has commercial photography for small and local businesses, dealing with first-time clients, which a lot of us are dealing with first-time models. So you can really talk to them about what's expected. But also, if you guys are like me, whenever I have a commercial job and I'm shooting and I'm hiring models, a lot of times the small businesses that I work with have never worked with photographers before professionally. So they don't understand that there are requirements around that and that they need to have an expectation of model releases and that sort of thing. So being able to educate them on that, it also includes a lot of stuff about doing bids, you know, fees. It talks about how to calculate your expenses. Anyway, it's a huge bundle. I can put a link to it in our show notes. Definitely recommend it if you're interested in doing more commercial work and you want to do it in a way that doesn't harm the industry. Phyllis, I know you want to add something there as well. No. Oh, I just like for you to repeat the name of that again. Yeah, the one I use is that I have really enjoyed is the Big Commercial Photography Bundle. They have guides and contracts. It's not cheap, but it's worth the investment, I think, with everything that you get out of it. So I'm putting a disclaimer. I've been using it for several months now. I really have enjoyed it. And I found it through trying to think where I found it. I don't know where I originally found it, but I've really gotten a lot out of it. I will leave a link in the show notes though, for folks to the one that I've been enjoying. Cool. I know the contract shop has some too. Contracts for sure. This one is more, it has contracts and it has model releases and it even has model releases that are specific to animals photography. So it's real specific. And I loved that piece of it because that is something I always felt was missing. And Phyllis, you use a release that we've used at some of our workshops before as well. That's through Adobe. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's been a really good one for us and why you use it. Well, actually, the release I used that I've been using for all of our workshops is not from Adobe. Oh, it's not? No, it's it's just a, it's a very detailed release. And it actually even has a place at the bottom where you can put a, insert a picture to know who that model is, which I think is very helpful. And I'd be happy to send that to anybody that's interested if they shoot me a message. But when I signed up for to do Adobe Stock, they have their own release that they like you to use. So it's, you know, sometimes you may have to go back if you if you're working on Adobe stock or any other stock agency they may have or even a commercial agency they may have their own release they want you to use so just keep that in mind like in our case if we use one particular kind of release you may have to go back and try to get that model to sign another release for that company the specific company you're you're shooting for so just keep that in mind and it's so hard to track down models after the fact and try to get that done, especially if you're dealing with a model and then you also have a horse owner that you have to track down or you have to go out to the location again and get location really signed. So if you can get all that done in advance before your shoot or make sure that it's with you, it's such a big, big difference. I can't tell you, I have been in situations where in the early days I have images that I created and I didn't get model releases. And then somebody has reached out to me trying to license that image and I have to go through the before I can even answer them I have to go through this whole rigmarole of can I get a release for it can I get that done in the way that they need me to so definitely making sure that that you've got that part of it squared away before your shoot can make such a big difference it's a good idea just to have model releases handy in your camera bag at all points in time because you may you may run into somebody out while you're on another shoot somewhere like let's say you're super prepared for that shoot and you're at a bar and then you turn around and there's the perfect situation you've been looking for, for a commercial product or for stock catalog or for something like that. Being able to whip a model release out of your camera bag and have somebody sign it. And I don't know about you guys, but I forget the names of the models. I'll remember the horse's name, but I'll forget the model's name as soon as I drive off the property. So I, people will ask, I have the same situation with Kara. It's like they'll ask for the image and I'll be like, okay, I have to remember where that model 
model was. And then I have to go ask a bunch of people, who was this person? Can you identify? I have to play private detective. And that's never fun. And it sucks up your time. And that takes away from your profit for selling that image. So it's really important to have these model releases at your fingertips to know how to use them. And I also put mine, I scan mine into the computer because I lose paper like crazy. So it's a good idea to have them copied and duplicated in places and and definitely keep a hold of them. Yeah, I keep a clipboard in my truck. (laughs) <laughs> and even if you can't have them in paper form, to have an app or something on your phone to, that does model releases that you can whip out and have them signed too, because you can uh, get those printed as PDFs or whatever. So just do one, be sure you have one or the other with you at all times. <laughs> it's an important piece. So let's move on to finding models and model calls. Now in my business, I don't do model calls. I will be honest that the mass majority of models that I work with either come with the product or they come with the location where I'm shooting. In other words, I don't tend to work with a lot of professional models. I tend to work with people who are in the process or in the situation situation where I'm shooting and they kind of come as a package deal. So I don't tend to look too hard. Back in the beginning of my career, however, I did look because like Kara said, when you have an idea or you want to know if something works before you work with an actual client with it, or you want to be able to practice getting good at something and then be able to use those images for your portfolio, you still need model releases. And what I did then was I would go to, like I wanted to learn how to shoot raining. I'll give you the perfect example. I wanted to get good at raining because I enjoy the sport. And I wanted to be able to be a photographer for that sport, which I was for many years. And when I was learning, I would approach reining horse trainers. And I think I mentioned this in the portfolio building. And I would ask if I could shoot at their location. I would tend to trade things for like, here, I'll give you some of the images if you will sign the model release so that I can use those images in my portfolio. What that model release also gave me was an opportunity to sell those images as stock, which I did and made some money off of those shoots that I did. But I knew who I wanted to shoot. And then I approached them and talked to them about being a model for me. So I know you ladies do things a little differently than that, because we all have a little bit of a different career path. (laughs) Phyllis is shaking her head like, no, (laughs) that's pretty much what I do too. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I don't do model calls either. I've never done one. So So we're going to let Kara tell you all about model calls because she does do them. And I think they're absolutely a wonderful idea idea, but I've never gotten around to actually executing on one. So Kara, please teach Phyllis and I about how to make a (laughs) successful model call. Well, I don't, I don't know that um, I want to go into all the details of model calls, but I have definitely done model calls specific to if I have something specific that I need to photograph. So I do not do open model calls, like just looking for people to photograph. I will do a model call if I need to photograph something real specific. Like maybe I have a dress that I want to try out. So I need someone that can fit the dress size. Or if I need a particular writing style, like Kim mentioned, she wanted to learn to photograph raining. So she was very specific about what she was looking for. So that would be really the only reason I would see myself doing a model call. I do like to hire models that I've worked with as past clients because I know how their horse is going to behave. I know, you know, how they are in terms of working with them and their flexibility or how natural they are in front of the camera. So I do look to hire models that are people that I've had as past clients. I also see it, you know, if they really enjoy the photography experience, it makes our job that we have to do together easier. So it's a lot of fun to work with clients that I've worked with before that enjoy that process. I just wanted to add one thing too that would be good for new photographers that are just starting out that model calls are great for building your portfolio. We don't necessarily need that, although we're always building our portfolio. But for new photographers, I think it's a great way, especially if they have, like you said, some specifics that they'd like, like an age, you know, maybe they would like to do kids. So you need, and you need to make that very specific and your model call is what you're looking for. Absolutely. When I first started out, I did model calls for that purpose because I needed 
needed people in front of my camera. Um, one example was I needed more men in front of my camera. So I did a model call specific to male equestrians and I went looking for that. I will tell you, I don't do free model calls. So even my model calls, the folks that I use for like portrait modeling, there is an expectation that they go through my process. Unless it's a commercial shoot where I'm shooting for a company, then that's a different situation because the company is paying me. I will say that sometimes I need to find just the right horse for the shoot or the right person for the shoot. Maybe they need to be a particular clothing size for shooting you know, clothing, equestrian clothing. I need, sometimes I need the right discipline for a tack type that I'm shooting, or I, maybe I need a certain location. Like I need a pretty barn versus an open pasture. So those are things that I keep in mind when I'm looking for models. I think that's a great idea too, uh, Kara, as far as people that are just starting out, like they want to test their process. Like if they're doing an IPS, in-person sales or whatever their process is, if they just want to test their process on a person that's not a real client, I think that's great. That's one of the things that I recommend with in-person sales when I'm mentoring with folks is that you want to start your process and that models are a great place to do that. So bring someone in, contract with them just as you would a normal client. And you know you can let them know you're testing your process, but they're not just modeling at the event. They're going through your process. So that's kind of a caveat, a side note of how you can use models. But I definitely did that when I was first starting out as I was getting comfortable with selling and getting comfortable with displaying product and talking about product. And I've even hired models to test out hair and makeup. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that I think you can use models in your business without just putting out an open model call. I'm just looking for people to photograph. So there's a lot of ways you can use models. I have a cautionary tale for everyone that I just remembered. I have PTSD from it. I think I probably blocked it out for that reason. But I did an open model call back when I shot on film and I was very first starting be a photographer. I posted an ad in a newspaper for cowboy cowgirl photographers. And um, I'm going to tell you, do not do that. The biggest reason was, is I got some of the strangest human beings for that model call. (laughs) And it was, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. I finally stopped taking phone calls. I got lots of phone calls, by the way. That was back really before we did much on the internet. <laughs> it was Like I said, it was back when I shot film. It was insanity for about two months of my life. And I honestly had blocked it out. And I imagine that's the reason why I don't do any type of model calls. <laughs> today. It's more like, I'm going to go find the model, talk to them. I I like Kara's idea of using past clients, but I'm going to know you before I approach you to model for me. And um, I think that model call was probably the reason why. For open model calls, you should have a process and it should include, you know, advertising for what, you know, first of all, knowing what you need, advertising for what you need. And then there should be a way for some, I don't want to say hurdles, but there should be some steps that they have to go through so that they follow through and do what you need them to do, if that makes sense. So I've had model calls, like what Kim said, where you're just booking people in for them and then they don't show up. There's no skin in the game. They don't know what's expected of them. You know, they're just there to have pictures made, right? So I have a whole system where I talk to them on the phone first and we talk about the project and I determine what they might be, how they might be able to add to that and if they're a good fit. And then if they are a good fit, you know, we will discuss wardrobe. We'll discuss what's going to be happening that day, time, location, horse, I'll assign practice things for them to do with their horse. I'm much more detailed. And then there's things that, so they kind of have to go through these steps. I use an online application for mine as well. That's a questionnaire. They have to complete the questionnaire. In the questionnaire, they have to answer the questions. And sometimes you'll find that by just adding a couple simple steps like that, that people have to go through in order to be eligible for your model call, that you will weed out the people that are just looking to have pictures made for free. Where were you in my life when I did that? (laughs) Anyway, where were you in my life when I did this? (laughs) Running an organized model call, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I ran a disorganized model call is what I ran. There were no steps. There's just a phone number. (laughs) It was horrible. It was horrible. So the mistakes we make in business, please be Kara, not Kim. in this particular instance. All right, Phyllis, is there anything you want to add about models, calls, and and finding models before we move on to directing these models that we've found? 
I think that we have covered it all. I mean, we could do a whole episode on model calls, which we may one day. (laughs) We could. So let's move on to directing them. Now, we've discovered something I absolutely love in our workshops. I love yelling at the models. Now, I say yelling at them. I don't yell at them with anger. I yell at them because they're clear across the flipping mountain and somebody has to have the lung power to reach them vocally. So that usually ends up falling on my shoulders. Phyllis directs a lot from behind me with the, um, do you think we could have them? (laughs) And then I yell whatever she says after that out. So a lot of it is directing, Phyllis directing by proxy. But I can tell you when you come to directing models, Please be clear and set your expectations from the beginning. Follow Kara's model in giving really good instructions up front about what you want them to do, what's expected of them, offer suggestions, and offer kind corrections. So if they're not doing something exactly the way you want them to, ask politely, could you please do it this way? Or I'd like for you to try something new, or can we try having the horse go this direction or that direction. Be super clear because on top of the horse, especially when you're directing riders, it's really hard. They can't see inside your head. They can't see your vision. And you oftentimes have to make it super clear. I am well known for finding plants and rocks and trees in the environment and saying, can you lope your horse from that tree over there to this tree over here? Can you direct your line this direction? And also prepare all your models for the fact that they're going to have to do these actions multiple times. We're well known. We even have a t-shirt designed that says one more time on it because we're well known for saying one more time. As a matter of fact, our models that we work with regularly in our photo experiences are, are know that so well, they'll look straight at us and say one more time, right? So that's that's one of the the things that we need to do. Another thing that I think is really, really important is to understand the capabilities of the model that you have and the capabilities of the livestock that you're working with and to remember to be safe in this environment. So we work sometimes with models on the at the photo workshops who aren't the most confident riders in the batch. They're people who are learning how to ride or are brand new to doing ranch horse stuff. And sometimes they can't run a horse hellbent for leather right at us because they're just not confident enough to do it. There are times that the horse is not physically capable of doing the particular maneuver or you have, um, we work with a lot of really nice horses that are very high energy. And if you ask them to run repeatedly, the horses start to lose their, their ability to control themselves a little bit. So just be really aware of the stock around you. Cattle, it can get overheated really quickly. You need to be cautious of the fact of how often you move them back and forth in a situation or if you have a high temperature or a really cold temperature. So just be really aware of how your stock is working. Watch the behavior of the horses. Watch the faces and the body language of the models because the last thing you want is an incredibly nervous looking model on top of an incredibly hot horse that is like really hyped up. It's not going to make a good image. So just be be conscientious about that. Who would like to share more about directing models? Those that's my two cents. <laughs> wow, I I think you just covered everything I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Damn it, Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I would like I would like to add that I I think the biggest thing is just remember that your models are people too. (laughs) I mean, they're just like you. They have fears and uh, anxiety and and every, I mean, just like you may come to a shoot with a little anxiety, it may be a new model that has a little anxiety. And think about, I, I think the biggest thing is, especially if you're with a group, like maybe there's somebody else shooting with you. You're not the only one, but be sure that everybody like introduce the model, be sure that uh, everybody knows their names and, and maybe have a little conversation with them before you even start shooting to get to know each other a little bit and make that, that person comfortable. Just remember that your top priority is that model's comfort. And, and like, like Kim said, never ask them to do anything uh, with a horse that, that they're not comfortable with doing. I, I, I think safety, probably safety is the number one priority, <laughs> 
And then their comfort is number two. And remember that if, if they're not feeling the shoot, then your pictures are not going to look good. So they've got, it's got to be, you know, they've got to feel comfortable with what they're doing and comfortable with you as their photographer. And you've got to make every effort possible to make them feel that way. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. I always ask, do you feel comfortable doing X, Y, and Z? And that might be like, do you feel comfortable cantering your horse? Or do you feel comfortable sitting on the ground next to your horse? You know, I always ask those questions. But at the same time, all three of us have spent enough time around horses to know that sometimes we're reading the situation and knowing that, you know what, this isn't going to fly with this horse, or it's not even worth the risk to try it with this horse. So I think that's the other part of it too, is kind of trust your gut around some of that stuff. It feels dangerous. If it doesn't feel safe, it's probably not. So move on to something else very quickly. I would include things around when you're photographing models with their horses, it's not just about how the horse looks. Phyllis can talk to you all day long about making the horse look beautiful and that side of things. But one of the things I have to make myself think about too, is that it's not just about how the horse looks. It's also about how the human looks and the human, you want them to look, you know, like they're going to be proud of seeing themselves in that picture. So I think about things like, you know, what's happening with their hair. And you always want to ask somebody before you walk up and just touch them and move their body around, or you touch their hair, you know, ask them first. I also would spend some time learning basic posing techniques for different body types. That was one of the best things I think that I invested in in the early days is spending some time on how to pose different body types for the best outcome. Things like how to position the body, what to do with their hands. All of this can be huge. One place that I started is I really enjoyed the Sue Bryce portrait system. It's probably something that most of you guys have heard about, but maybe you never thought that the techniques would transfer to horse photography because it's very much her her work is very much based on a studio portrait situation. But the way that she talks about posing women especially is really helpful. And it definitely, there are things there that you can take with you into photographing people standing with their horse or around their horse, that sort of thing. So spend some time on that side of it. It's not just about showing beautiful people with their horses. If you're interested like I am, I like to photograph people from all different walks of life, different stages of life, men and women and children. I love all of that, but I especially enjoy photographing older women with her horses and being able to capture them in a way that they feel really good about how they look in the pictures is huge. And if you're a portrait photographer, especially one that sells images and sells product, if you can make an older woman feel good about how she looks in her pictures with her horse, she will spend money on them at the final outcome. Because a lot of times I'm starting to feel it myself that the older I get, the more invisible I get or the less people care about how I look as opposed to if I was a younger person. So just keeping things like that in mind can really be huge for your, for the portrait side of your business, um, but also for the commercial side. So Kara, as an older woman of size and having had you photograph me before, I can tell you, I highly appreciate your attention to those of us who are not considered the norm as a model. So I really, really appreciate your abilities to make me look beautiful next to a horse or as beautiful as I feel on the inside on the outside. Phyllis, do you have something you want to add to this part of the conversation about directing those models? I know for me, sometimes I'll have a pose that I really want. And when we direct the model and the horse to do it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> so keep in mind that, you know, you have to, you have to be flexible and things may not always work out like you think it's going to work out. And especially with people that you've never worked with or horses that you've never worked with before is just be flexible. I would say be willing to jump in there as well and show them what to do with their body, like position, you know, like you do the, the motion yourself, show them what to do with their hands by doing it with your own hands. One thing I will tell you that I sometimes get in trouble with is when I'm shooting, I'm kind of at an elevated state of just, I'm up, I'm busy, I'm working, I'm you know, my adrenaline is up. And a lot of times when I approach the horse and human standing there, I have to check myself because I come in with way too much energy. And the horse is like, whoa, hello, excuse you. You came in too hot for what we're doing here. So I have to check myself <laughs> yep. because a lot of times I'm just kind of rushing in and being like, no, no, put your hand right here. Or let me show you how to hold your body next to the horse. Cause I'll just, you know, ask him, do you mind if I just show you real quick? And I'll just jump in and pose with the horse. And if you're not careful, you come in with way too much energy. So you got to keep that in mind when you're photographing models with horses. Right. 
And also another, I'm sure you both probably had this happen too, is especially with younger people, like maybe their mom or family member or, or a friend may come to a shoot with them. And I've had issues where they seem to want to direct, <laughs> you know, and so I think that's another thing is try to let them know that this is your shoot and um, that you need to be the only one directing them not, it shouldn't be coming from behind you or something like that. Unless there's, you know, if they have a suggestion, maybe let you know and don't direct the model but um maybe if you know maybe they're seeing something that you didn't see which is also good too that you don't want to occur in your shoot so just just keep in mind that if you do have other people that come to the shoot along with your model that they may be wanting to chime in and help out sometimes so if you can have those parameters up front you know to talk to them and let them know that it's helpful, but maybe not necessary. Yeah, have a job for them to do that is helpful that, you know, give them something to do. I also recommend if you're doing a concept shoot and you have inspiration, you know, kind of mapped out in your mind, if you have any kind of inspiration images or poses that you have kind of pulled together as your concept to help guide them, feel free to share that with the models too, because a lot, some people, they're visual that way. And if they can see, oh, I see what you're talking about. Yes, I can do that. That can help things flow a little better as well. If you feel like you don't have the words to tell them what to do, having inspiration images, something on your phone, something printed is helpful. A lot of times if I'm doing something like that, I'll actually do a private Pinterest board with them and and show them the sh- even with a client, I might do that. I'll do a private Pinterest board and and they can add images if it's a client, if it's just my own personal concept shoot, of course, I'm the one adding the images for that model to see what I'm referring to or what I'd like to get out of this shoot. Same thing, either on your phone or on a Pinterest board or something. Absolutely. And one other thing I want to add that we haven't added so far that I think Kira happens to be super outstanding at is helping the model who is a little bit uncomfortable become at ease. So she's very, very good at telling the models, oh, you're doing great if you'd move your body just a little this way. And then she's very, very good about telling them they look beautiful. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a thing that's circulating around Facebook that shows photographs of people before and after they were told they're beautiful and the light on their faces just lights up. So that's what we want to capture as a photographer. And I think Kara does an exceptional job at helping them understand that. For me, I know when I pose models, sometimes particularly models who aren't very comfortable in their body, they feel really awkward. And I just address that right out of the bag. I'm like, I know this feels really awkward, but let me take a couple of shots. And then I will show them the back of my camera and say, look how beautiful you look. And I don't let them linger on it because they'll start picking apart things. But I just show and they're like, oh, okay. I do look really good like that. Now they've built up trust with me as the photographer and I'm able to get better shots. So part of this is directing and part of it is just being able to be a good manager of the situation and good management is helping the people that are working with you feel super comfortable and trust you because that's a big part of this, right? Yeah, and there's ways that you can talk to people, I think that helps set them at ease. I like to focus on the things that they're doing really well. And like I have, and then I also try to think about like, if I have a a person that's kind of hiding behind the horse, I'll say, I always say this thing where I talk about how horses are camera hogs. And if you're not careful, they'll steal the spotlight. And I'll talk about how, you know, because you'll see a horse without fail, you've got the perfect shot set up and then the horse moves their head right in front of your model. So just start getting comfortable with your language, look for the things that are super positive that are happening and make sure that, you know, your model is hearing that, you know, something as simple as, oh my goodness, the light on your face is just stunning right now. Your eyes are gorgeous. I love the connection you're showing me right now between the two of you. I can tell you guys have a really great bond. I mean, just start focusing on those types of things to set your client at ease. The more of that that you do just naturally in your shoots, the more natural it'll come to you. And Kim's right. If you tell somebody, honestly, don't lie to them. But if you tell them honestly, like, oh my goodness, your skin's amazing right now, or that light, the way that it's hitting your hair is just gorgeously backlit. If you start having those conversations with people, it builds confidence in them when they're in front of your camera. Their eyes will change. They'll have a sparkle come into them that, you know, you're not going to have if they're not feeling good about what they're doing. So definitely the way that you interact with them 
can be huge. If you're coming at them and you're frustrated or you're just too intense, like when I gave the example of approaching horses just a little too intensely because my adrenaline is up, like that's, that affects people. If you're, you know, yanking ropes out of their hands to straighten them out instead of, hey, let me show you real quick how to clean your rope up or, you know, use that your language. This is, you do have to have some people skills for this, I think. People skills always help. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our gadgets, gear, and software. And for this particular episode, I think this is very appropriate. Phyllis has two apps that you can get for either Android or iOS that talk about model releases or that help you with your model releases. Uh, Phyllis, would you please share those with us? The one I have is Easy Release, and it's available for the iOS, for the iPhone, or Android. It has uh, model release templates in there, and you can get your model to sign it. You can send it to your email and print it out, keep it as a, you know, on your computer as a file or print it out or do both is what I do. I had not heard of this other one. It's called Model Releaser, but I had some good reviews on it. So, and it's available for iOS and Android as well. I just think anytime you can have something that if you can make it as quick and easy as possible for them to go through and sign and then look for something that if you need to print it or download it, that you can do that. It's super helpful. And if you're not a techie person, there's still nothing wrong with carrying around your clipboard like I do with your model releases on it. (laughs) There is not. Not a single thing wrong with that, Kara. All right. We want to let you know we do have one spot, one single spot open for our Cottonwood Ranch experience in August of this year. It is going to be a blast. We have some of the most amazing people coming to this event and the location is absolutely beautiful. The family that we're going to be working with and the ranch we're going to be working on are going to be outstanding models. It's a fresh location, so it's brand new for us and it's brand new for being photographed. So it's going to give us some new images to put out into the world and would give you new images as well. Has a lot of educational focus to it so you can gain more wisdom from Kara, Phyllis, and I through the event. And we're all three super excited about being able to bring this experience to you at the Cottonwood Ranch. If you'd like more information about it, you can jump on our website at cowgirlswithcameras.com. There's a form on there for Cottonwood that you can fill out. Or if you really want to go ahead and claim that spot, because trust me, it's not going to last that long, you might want to just reach out to one of us privately. And uh, we're our information is all over social media or on the website. So feel free to call or email and we will get you confirmed and into that last spot. If you want to be added to the waiting list, if the spot is taken then you can do that as well by getting in touch with one of us. Anything, Kara or Phyllis, you'd like to add about Cottonwood to help people maybe decide to claim that last spot? I would just say we've got an awesome group coming so far. I cannot wait. Some of the photographers I've had a chance to shoot with and some I haven't, but we've got folks that are in the early stages of their photography all the way up to folks that are novices and have been doing the work for a while but want to grow their portfolios and create some new art. So we've got an awesome group. And then the educational pieces we're going to have in the daytime are just going to add such a cool element to it. I'm I'm so ready. I finally got my plane tickets booked, got my sky miles adding up. I'm stoked. I think it's going to be a great time and I'd, I'd really hate for anyone to miss out. Yeah, that, that fear of missing out is a big thing with photographers for sure. All right. Our final piece of our show today is to get you guys out and to get you shooting. And one of the best ways we've been talking a lot about directing models in this episode, one of the best ways ways for you to learn how to direct a model is to be able to shoot a silhouette because your model and your horse have to stand in a very particular way in order for you to be able to get what we love to say is separation so that your silhouette looks really sharp and clean and all of the lines are defined and you can tell from the outline everything that is going on. So we would love for you to share your favorite silhouette photos or go out preferably and direct a silhouette photo and then tag us on Instagram with the hashtag CWC photo challenge. That is CWC photo challenge. We're looking forward to seeing those images, the silhouette images rolling in. Y'all, we really hope you enjoyed this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. If you do, please, please, please leave us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast be found by others. Um, Also, come join us online at Cowgirls with Cameras on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Can't wait till next time. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.